This is Friday Night Party Line for September 16th, 2016. I'm your happy host, Victor Frost, and on the show tonight, we've got Skojo. Hey, Skojo. Hey, how's it going? It's going pretty all right. How about you? Uh, just a lot poorer after getting a vinyl fence installed in my house. Ooh. Those things are expensive. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Did, did your neighbor help pay for it at all? Uh, Yeah, you know what? I read about how I could probably have asked oh. that after I oh. paid all the money for it. And then the funny part is they left like a two-foot like foot gap in between the two properties that corner mine. Uh-huh. So then they both have dogs. So suddenly their properties were open to each other. And so they were a little miffed. But uh. that's what happens when you... Anchor your fence to my fence. But anyway, <laughs> they fixed it. <laughs> All right. And we also have Kate. Hey, Kate. Hello. How are hey, you doing? Hey, girl. How are you doing over there? I'm doing well. Doing well. House hunting. Mm-hmm. Nice. Ah, up, in, uh, up in the north of the York of New, huh? Yes. Mm. Yes, western New York. Well, uh, good, good luck with the autumn and the winter. <laughs> this I, is coming. I, I grew up here, so yeah. I used to live in Florida. I'll take this any day. <laughs> ah, and of course we have Cherba. Hey, Cherbs. Hey, uh, how's it going over there? Not too bad, actually. I've been assigned a interesting mystery at work. Ooh, do tell. Yeah, it turns out that there's a ballet troupe nearby, and they wear wigs because mm-hmm. you know it makes it easier to change hairstyles for different things and such. Sure. But they're incredibly realistic, and nobody knows where they're coming from or who's paying for them. Um, so, in other words, they've asked me to solve the mystery of who pays for the two true two pays for two two true pay. <laughs> <laughs> You're really proud of that, aren't you? He ought to be. That was great. Ah, <laughs> uh, good, good job, good job. Ah. Uh, all right. Ah, uh, so uh, it's been a couple of weeks, and uh, we have a uh, a good, a nice uh, bit of topics for us to go on to. Uh, we're gonna start a little bit of light, get a little warm up going. We're gonna talk Star Trekking. Uh, Woo! It's the it's recently been the fiftieth anniversary of the airing of the original series, uh, which means a lot. Which means a fantastic opportunity for CBS and Paramount to do fuck all nothing. They did nothing. Well, they're <laughs> starting a new Star Trek. Yeah, in like show. May, in like May or June of next year, they could have done uh-huh. something. That's actually quite good, but um, I'm I'm operatically trained. <laughs> uh, but yeah, just they could have done anything, but they did nothing. I mean, There's a stamp. They're stamps. Oh la di da! They released a movie that was like a yeah, couple they did. months they, ago. That was in was this year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what do you want? I mean. They gave away and like thirty dollars of free stuff in Star Trek Online. Yeah, they that. And and that movie, I think, was the best of the newer Star Trek movies. Really? Because because oh, no. it did not perform well in the box offices. I saw it twice. <laughs> it it I it, it just it was the worst. It along with every other sequel that came out this summer performed worse than any other part of their previous installments, including uh, the new uh, yeah, Star uh, Trek oh, one. But wait, uh, but wait uh, for the uh, sales in the Netflix Wait, wait, wait. News. Which one did I get? Which movie did better? Captain America Civil War. There you go. Is unfairly compared to an Avengers movie when really it needs to be compared to Winter Soldier, which it outperformed. I, but I have to tell you uh, that that movie sucked. Uh, <laughs> what the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> you, you, like, look- you saw Star... Wait. Okay, first read. You saw Star Trek Beyond and thought Star Trek Beyond was good enough to watch twice, and yet you thought Civil War was terrible? They're literally like the same movie. There were fun, no, they weren't, and there were lots more plot holes and not nearly as oh, interesting oh, or consistent characterization. Kate, Kate there were more I think, than Star I, Trek. I think oh. if you're if you're yeah. st- going to start going into plot hole territory, now I have not yet seen Star Trek Beyond, but. Having seen the other two movies, I'm oh thinking there, there are, are plot fewer holes in this plenties. one. Actually, <laughs> there are fewer in this one. Actually, and it's much more like an old timey Star Trek episode. Uh-huh. There's they actually cover new ground, which is great. Okay. I went to see it purely on the strength of it having uh, Beastie Boys sabotage in the trailer. Yeah, right? 
Again. It's like the sneaker sauce. I would like to that. Uh, that is my least favorite how to solve a plot device, which is like, we figured out this one thing that will take out this giant swarm all at once. Yes. And you're just like, ah, uh, really? Like, wait, is, is that thing the Beastie Boys? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, actually. <laughs> actually, yeah. Quote unquote classical music. Yeah. Is the Beastie I mean, Boys classical music? Don't to them, get, it is. Oh don't God! Get, don't get me wrong. Star this Trek is, Beyond. This is, I enjoyed it. What it the hell stupid. is that anime where this guy, the salaryman, has to get his old bandmates back together to stop an alien invasion with music? Oh, I remember that. I watched that. Oh, Macross Seven? No. No. <laughs> he's got the he's got the flying V guitar. <laughs> I'm gonna look it up. Oh, you're talking. Wait, are you talking about uh, your Buckaroo Banzai? Wait. No. It's not as good as Shiori experience where a random English teacher in a Japanese high school gets possessed by the ghost of Jimi Hendrix. Okay, you're going to have to type Black the name Heaven. of that into the chat and I'm going to have to watch that. But It's Black Heaven. Black Heaven, yes. Exactly. Uh, wait a minute. That's is that this You know what that is? That's the stupid whale thing again. No, it's not. It's better than the whale thing. <laughs> Come on, even the whale. You know what was the best part of that you movie? You haven't seen it, and you're talking about it. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> okay, fair. Hey, look, wait, let but. me just say, let me just say this. Both movies have a ton of fan service. Uh, Civil War is way better. Beyond has... <laughs> no, it's not. It's much more consistent. The characters more... <laughs> don't make sense. The Secretary <laughs> of State is is the dumbest human being ever. It's just... Nothing makes sense. All the characters make the worst possible decision. You have brilliant people being as stupid as they can possibly be. It just doesn't. It doesn't work. Uh, uh, well, in our review of Star- Civil War. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway, for Star Trek, what's your favorite Star Trek? Let's start with that. Mm. Not beyond. Mm. <laughs> well, no. I mean, those are the movies. I, I'm talking about actual series. What humpback whales, yo? <laughs> <laughs> we all saw it's it. it's hard know. to say it is i mean no it's not it's, DS9. Oh, it's really easy yeah see kate and i might disagree on everything else but ds9 for the win with, with no, the next generation said, trailing slightly behind it okay i gotta say what's your favorite that, not what's objectively the best yeah <laughs> no really okay if you take from consistent plotting and characterization right. the quality of dialogue the um not only having an, an exploration feel but having a a cast of characters that really makes sense and you don't have suddenly one of the most brilliant doctors in the world acting like a flighty moron for three episodes just because it serves the plot for those three episodes and then back to being incredibly brilliant. This this show actually has consistent characterization plus and this is just beyond anyone contesting. Um, you have the <laughs> ultimate bromance between Odo and oh the Frangy dude. What's his name? Quark. Odo and Quark. 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 Yeah. Quark. Yes. Quark. It's the best thing ever. Well, I mean, uh, the other thing that uh, Deep Space Nine does better than the other Star Treks is presenting the other races as not just like two D caricatures that they're portrayed in, like yeah, in Next it's- Generation and the original Star Trek. <laughs> You get a lot less uh, white men's burden, which I would argue comes out the most, not even in the original Star Trek, but in Enterprise. Enterprise is the white man's burden taken into space. Which I would note, to, in my opinion, is my second favorite Star Trek series. Wait, wait, wait. TNG Do you mean, hold on a second, hold better. on. But uh, Enterprise is the one where the um, where the captain is the dude from Quantum Leap, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. George Bush <laughs> in space. <laughs> the... It, it, that show was so sexist and so racist that I I had to stop watching, and I I had a real problem with the way they portrayed to Paul, which was the Vulcan character. I mean, you take the worst aspects from Voyager with boobs of nine, who I will always <laughs> refer to her that way because that's how they used her, and it's not the actress's fault; it's how they used the character. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, you take boobs of mine and you make her a completely uninteresting character who's inconsistent and actually breaks most of the mores of her culture um, in order to service, and I mean that in a very literal way, white men in space. And it, it becomes a, a bit of an issue. I think Voyager is the worst Star Trek show. Voyager is the worst. Voyager, I think, is better than... I've seen, like like 
My dad wanted to you know like, what? No, watch Enterprise. Enterprise is worse. Enterprise is the worst. <laughs> I think Voyager is worse because Enterprise actually, once it gets going, unlike, uh, let's just say, almost every Star Trek has a really crappy first season where it's always crappy at characterization, everything kind of goes off. The only one that starts slightly better than the rest is Deep Space Nine, and it ends better than all the rest. But, uh, I mean, Enterprise ends up going into the birth of the Federation. It starts kind of at the whole, like, humans can do no wrong, like, white men burden thing that you have a problem with kind of gets shot down a little bit as time goes on. And, like, people realize that, the you know, the stuff they're doing, because it's all before the prime directive. So humanity is about to learn a lot of dumb mistakes that they uh, that they make early on in that season and uh, how it, the repercussions that hit later. Um I, I just the politics of the birth of the Federation are really interesting. For me, Star Trek has always been like the negotiations between the you know the Federation and the Romulans and the Klingons and and <laughs> you know the all the inner space politics that people like bitch about the show having <laughs> compared to the movies, which currently are like just can't you know like crunchy candy. I don't know. I mean. In terms of Star Treks that I can just... Because there are some... Ep- Star Trek Next Generation is the best Star Trek in my... Oh, where did Kate go? Uh-oh, we lost Kate. Mm. Oh, well. Um, Star Trek is... Back. Star Trek Next Generation is, for me, the, the anime... The, uh, anime. The show that I've seen, like, literally every episode for. So, for me, it's the one that it's just... It can just be on all the time. Um, and I'll just watch... I'll, I'll just watch it if it's on. Um, Voyager was the last one that I watched, like, the whole way through. Um, and it was... I was really entertained by it. I mean, there are a lot of cringy moments, particularly involving, you know, Seven of Nine. Um, like when the, the doctor had to upload himself into Seven of Nine when they were on some random ass ship for whatever reason I can't remember. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um she was pissed at him, but um yeah, I think it was it was a fu- it was a romp of a show. I I just thought it was fun to watch. Well- I think the problem that Voyager has for me is that uh, Deep Space Nine uses more of the modern style of storytelling. Yeah, like it has like a continue more of a it has still has episodic content, but it still has like overarching character development and plot. Yeah, Voyager was a response to people criticizing Deep Space Nine for being too, you know, just arc. too plot heavy. Yeah, just yeah, having plot arcs. So they they decided to make it. You know, like, hey, let's have a random episode where they meet some crazy alien. Mm. And uh, it's just not what I was looking for at that time. And because it's not in the Federation space, you're meeting all these aliens who who you don't care about because they're never going to meet them again. Like, they could have whatever they have, but they're just going to fly through that space and go in some direction. So who cares? And then then let's not forget, you've also got the episode where... Janeway and Paris get turned into lizards because they went beyond warp 10 and they fucked. (laughs) (laughs) Tom Paris and Captain Janeway BTS lizard sex. (laughs) They have the most holodeck episodes in Voyager 2 because they're just like, I don't know. We need to do something. I I like the holodeck. I'm pretty sure there's a Starfleet regulation against kinky lizard sex. (laughs) I, I liked the holodeck episodes because they had like a whole bunch of them and they had this one town that they just kept going the entire time. Uh, and it was just, they real. I like the fact that they explored that um, holodeck car- holod- uh, holograms that have achieved uh, self-awareness should not be used, holograms should not be used for basically slave labor because they're people too. <laughs> so how much do they pay the doctor again? <laughs> but they live with they but they're in with the federation they're beyond they don't currency they're, they they're don't beyond have money. money beyond money yeah. <laughs> in space they're beyond money i think on earth they still have a currency and stuff but. actually you want me to really fucking get some nerdy shit out on you is that uh in the ca- in the canon right now that ds9 and all the older stuff falls into they actually do have money starfleet officers yeah. do get paid just not in money. They get paid with a thing called energy credits, which is basically a discrete unit of energy that can replicate things in a replicator. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then every time the Federation has to interact with other cultures, they always deal in Latinum. So Yes. 
So, I mean, Chris Mid uh, Chris Midkiff says it's always been Wankersham. <laughs> so well, you need to watch Bravest Warriors to understand that one. But uh, I mean, the whole premise of Latinum, right, is that it's too complex to be replicated or something like that. Right? Yeah, That's some why it has bullshit value. like that. In which case, why is it a metal? And why is it that one dude at Quark's bar drank all of it? <laughs> so, uh, I mean, Star Trek is fantastic. I mean... Star Trek in and of itself, I mean, it had a gigantic cultural impact. Like, it inspired an entire, well, several generations into going into engineering and space and everything like that. Um, my cousin Barujan, who's been on the show, uh, the reason he went to became an as- uh, an astronomer, uh, astro- I'm sorry, as- I want to say astrophysicist, um, was because... Is he an engineer of some description? What? Isn't he an engineer of some description? I think he's an astrophysicist. He's definitely on the science end of things, not the engineering end. Um, but at any rate, the reason he went and, and got into spacey stuff was because of Star Trek. And he was watching Star Trek, the original series, in Persian, in Iran, in Farsi. You know, it's kind of crazy that it's just pushed this, you know, pushed an entire several generations towards science. It's kind yeah, of I mean, it you definitely... linked there. <laughs> It, oh, it's a video. Uh, uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah, great. Why Star Trek Universe secret, is secretly horrifying. Yeah. And that was the point, the next point I was going to bring, bring up, which was uh, it is really weird that this society in the future is so set on looking at, you know, the the cultural impact of, like, you know, just it's just Sherlock Holmes still. There's, like, nothing beyond that. <laughs> Speaking they, of Sherlock oh, Holmes. Cult- the height of culture has already been achieved. <laughs> Yeah. Speaking speaking of Sherlock Holmes, I think one of my favorite characters in the series, outside of the the main cast of any given one, was Moriarty. Because <laughs> I could not get over the fact that the butler from the nanny was an evil villain, <laughs> completely fucking up the entirety of a starship. <laughs> uh, have either of you guys ever played uh, Star Trek Online? No, uh, a little bit. Not not like significantly. Can you be uh, Moriarty? <laughs> can you, can there be a villainous hologram that you have to then defeat? Oh, that actually happens like more than once. Oh, yeah. Well, it's Star Trek. Well, I mean, you have every, you have every, my every attention. since they had a holodeck, and Star Trek Online has my attention for at least six hundred and forty-three hours. Good lord, man. <laughs> But yeah, no, it is really, really good. And it actually does the clever thing of not like trying to retell the episodes or anything like that. It is very firmly after everything else. Mm. Though I must admit, it is a bit weird that like three quarters of your problems in the peace loving (laughs) Federation solved by shooting them in the face. Well, we we peacefully kill everybody. When you have a phaser, everything (laughs) is a target. Right. Oh, but yeah, no, it is actually a quite enjoyable game. I've I've put a lot of time into it because it is fucking fun and like it feels real good flying your crazy ships around and all sorts of business. Yeah, like, I, it's one of those games I always wanted to get into, but I never, I never was able to get a get its hooks into me. See, I'm not. It's actually, to- uh, it's a bit more worth it now if you want to tr- like uh, go back in and like start a new character because they've actually completely revamped that initial phase mm. so hmm. that it's actually a hell of a lot easier to get into now because before you were like even looking shit up on the wiki in the tutorial trying to figure out the fuck was going on, but not now it's all sorted. So it uh, it introduces players pretty well. <sighs> Speaking Star of uh, after everything, I am really glad that the new series is going to be on the original timeline. Not when's it supposed to take place? I thought Af- it was on the Kelvin timeline. The what? Ta- the what? What timeline? The new timeline. No, I, I heard bad. it was supposed to be on the original timeline. Which Star Voy- Trek is now as bad as the DC and Marvel universe. <laughs> There's like oh, it always six one six six one six Star Trek. <laughs> That's actually one thing that Star Trek and Star Wars both had in common is that the new universes that came up for them are fucking a amazing idea because they were both getting so fucking top heavy and so up their own fucking asses. <laughs> <laughs> you could like that is the one thing about DS9 that I actually really didn't like is that it's like 
oh hey what's happening this week oh look picard's shown up and like this guy you saw 12 episodes ago in fucking generations is now some mad dude fucking doing crazy stuff and oh this plot point from the original series is back in no fuck off just yeah, do I like thing. That. what are you talking about, what are that's, you talking about? Like. that's great <laughs> i know i my problem with next generation is like it'd be like an episode where it's like Worf has a kid what and then they like forget <laughs> about it for like a five years until they're like oh hey we need to they, have a plot about Worf they, they bring that up in shit about Alexander yeah they <laughs> yeah. bring that up Alexander Roshenko they oh, bring him up in DS9 where he's, he's all grown up and like yeah dad you basically abandoned me yeah, <laughs> yeah he's like a big loser because he didn't have a father figure it's really he's suicidal it's really he's funny. straight up suicidal yeah it's really he bad. goes yeah. to go no. and fight with Klingon soldiers on a ship which is I, insane I just, leaned too heavily on using the other series to prop up the plots of ds9 like it just made it feel like it couldn't stand on its own even though it really could have like they didn't have confidence in what they were putting out see i think they sprinkled that in but i don't i really don't think that they tied back too heavily heavily they certainly had their own thing going on with uh you know the wormhole aliens and mm-hmm. the concept of the the kind of messiah cult that had been brought up because of Cisco and his contact with the wormhole aliens mm-hmm. so I, I really don't think that it was and then later the Dominion I don't think they had set they really did have their own plots there was yeah. only a couple throughout the how many seasons was that six seven Something um, like that. seasons where uh it references old shows so and i and i you have to also remember d space nine was always struggling with ratings and uh it had competition in babylon 5 at the same time and so partially because they didn't pander yeah yeah well they they definitely didn't no (sighs) although i used to hate uh, i'm gonna say the d space nine opening was until they spread it up a bit was really boring (laughs) Good God, was it ever? It was just I always fast forward through it. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. It was better once they added a little couple spaceships. Before it was just a space station, and it would <laughs> just be like. I'm sorry. We need to take a moment and acknowledge that Enterprise's opening theme was the worst opening theme for any television show ever. It's been a long time. I actually got into it by the end because it it goes. No, it's terrible. You do kind of want to rock out to it. Yeah, no, I, you I, don't. I you want to vomit and and just empty your guts. It's terrible. Kate, do you have a problem was, with rock? <laughs> problem. That is not rock. Yeah, that I, is wannabe Bon Jovi ballad. You know what it that is? has it, nothing to do with going into space. It, you know what it like, is? It's secular Christian rock. That's what it is. Uh, yeah, it is. It's I've got faith <laughs> of the heart. Well, seeing as how faith is a feeling. Of the heart. Of the heart. No, no one's gonna, gonna bound up break me. <laughs> now I'm gonna play this. Because- I'm gonna so play that you should just not watch Enterprise. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I suffered through two and a half seasons, and that was all I could deal with. Um, I'm perfectly happy I suffered through zero. Yeah, I. You no, know, I have, I have found that in all of the series, my series, ca- series, series is series is series. No, series is plurality series. of serieses. But the, plur- <laughs> the plural is series. <laughs> that sounds weird. I'm gonna. I'm. Go- I will accept. I will accept that I might be wrong on this, but I'm gonna go with serieses. Okay. No, it's series. <laughs> okay, so the serieses of Star Trek. I have found that it seems more often my favorite characters in any given series is not. A favorite character of most other people. Like in Next Generation, my favorite character I think was Dr. Pulaski. What? No, she was hated by everyone. I I like the dumpy middle-aged woman who was kind of a crank and hated aliens. I know. Why was was she on a spaceship? She she, hated aliens. Right. She was the only person on that fucking ship ever that was grumpy at things. (laughs) <laughs> but she she hated aliens. Why would she go into space ever? Oh, don't forget, she also hated robots and yep. like decided to pick the ship that famously has a robot <laughs> lieutenant robot. commander. She just... I she suppose just, you're kind of, you know, your own being. She... She just reminded me of... She reminded me of, of Dr. McCoy. 
That's who she reminded me of. I can get that, yeah. I and can she was little. just the entire time just super grumpy to everyone. And to she, me, she's the Hillary Clinton she of She wouldn't of take anybody shit. It's, it's, she did the job and she did it well, but nobody liked her and no one could put their finger on why. <laughs> I liked her because she would not let Captain Picard get away with shit. That's true. She put him in his place and wasn't all flirty like uh, yeah. Beverly. She wasn't like Beverly she wasn't like. We can have some croissants and c- we can have some coffee and croissants. <laughs> or and later you, we can play hide the croissant. No, <laughs> exactly. We, can I? I'm gonna put something out there that's controversial though. Go ahead. Being a young nerdy uh, wom- girl mm-hmm. when it was coming out and watching it. I loved Wesley Crusher. He I, I was hot as hell. Uh, he knew what was going on, and the, no one would listen to him, and he was always right. Well, and I cannot tell you how much in my like... actual life I felt like that when I was dealing with adults. Well, no one listened to Worf either. Yeah, well, wait, <laughs> can I just mention that Worf <laughs> was the most ineffectual security officer ever? Because nobody would <laughs> listen to him. No, no, he would be sitting there and be like, I'll oh, stop it. And he'd like stand in the way, and every alien had to prove that it was uh, it was shit yet to worry about by throwing Worf across the <laughs> bridge, like every time. Well, them prison rules. <laughs> but uh, no, I liked Wesley Crusher too. I, people hating on Wesley, or you know, I, just, I don't understand that. He was just, I mean, even as a kid, I'm look, you know, looking at Wesley, it's just like, oh my. god. God, he's he just he just annoyed the shit out of me. No, I loved him. Oh, I I actually liked him too. But I mean, I understood what he was. He was annoying but, character. He was there for me to be like, oh, that could be me on the starship. The only annoying characters: Neelix I, and Kiss from from Stupid Voyager. Okay, Kiss was annoying as shit. But don't you talk crap about Neelix. He had a heart oh, of he gold. He was so annoying. He had a heart of gold, and he was the person out there. He was the only person on the ship that actually put an effort into understanding everybody, not just the rest of the bridge crew. I'm not saying the character didn't have merit. I'm saying the dialogue and his inanity was so obnoxious that anytime he was on screen, I wanted to peel my face off. But at least he had some character because Chakotay was just a walking stereotype. (laughs) Yes, he was. And I loved, I, I wanted to love, you know, Captain Janeway, and they just gave her nothing to do. And that's not the actress's fault. They just gave well, her they, nothing. Yeah, and they to also do. wrote her so inconsistently. She yeah. was like yep. all over the place. Like sometimes you're like, mm. oh yeah, you're really do. You know, you're you're being a captain, and this is great. And then other times she's like, Wah! and other times she's a lizard. Yeah, I will say this. And this is this is I know some you know half people don't like it half people do. I dug her voice. Oh, she's amazing. She the has actress, like Kate yeah. Mulgrew to this day is amazing. Mm-hmm. She's great yeah. in Orange she's is the at, New Black. Yeah. Oh, she's, she's, she's in that. Awesome I didn't in that. know that. Yeah. Yeah, she's red. No, oh, I didn't I haven't watched Orange is the New Black. Oh my god, watch it. It's I, good. I, it's pretty good. I am not kidding. Uh, uh I'm kind no, of No, it's amazing. I, I'll, I'll watch it eventually, just like I eventually watched Newsroom. So yeah, Newsroom wasn't that shifter. good, though. Newsroom uh, was wannabe West Wing and Sports Night married together, yeah. and it just wasn't as good. Yeah, and I'm a huge sucker for you know what's his face's shows. So yeah, no, I know. Yeah. So yeah, uh, I must admit the thing I liked about uh, Janeway was that she was kind hot. of um, well, no, well. <laughs> Okay, yes, but that's not what I'm talking about. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it was that she was kind of a mix between like a punch happy like Kirk and Cisco along with the diplomatic Picard. It was more like, okay, we'll talk to you, but if you talk nasty to us, we will shoot you in the fucking face. <laughs> <laughs> I get that. Like, she would put up with so much shit, and if you went past that line that was labeled so much shit, <laughs> it was bad times for you. She would true. kill you and just not even look back. Just fly off towards Earth. That she is had- one thing her character yeah. did well was make ethically questionable decisions to benefit her crew. Yeah. And, hmm. and to have that struggle weigh on her personally, but never let the, the crew see it. 
Yeah. Oh my God. I'm reading a Reddit post that talks about Janeway and like whether she's the worst captain or not. And someone's like, well, I dispute that Janeway is a single Kirk character. Kirk was the worst captain. <laughs> no, no, no. But they're, they're trying to make the argument that Janeway really has multiple personalities. Oh, come on. <laughs> Well, yeah, no, that makes sense. I mean, you've I mean, got Janeway the captain and Janeway the lizard. Yeah. <laughs> Kirk was the worst captain. Well, I think my shit. problem with Janeway is that, like, she is a wonder. Uh, 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 Catherine Mulgrew is a is a fantastically expressive actress. She's but, great. But I feel like there were some times where, as playing as Janeway, she would give the bizarrest looks. Like she'd say something and then she'd go. That. Oh no, she always made cool faces. I like those though. That, you know, <laughs> well, it's fine. the same way as Cisco's like psychotic giggle. Like <laughs> that comes out of nowhere, oh. and you're like, why is this giant man with a deep voice giggling like a little girl? It's just Wait. very and it, in strange places. Like that was the moment when I when I felt he was restraining himself from killing someone or fucking someone. Oh, I'm sorry, having sex. Oh. That yeah. was, you know, when I rewatched Star Trek in the last, uh, like, you know, five years, that was the yeah. thing I realized the most that I missed when I was 12, the amount of boning in space that was occurring <laughs> between everybody. Like, I never realized, like, the first episode of Star Trek Next Generation, like, Data gets it on. <laughs> like, you're yes. just like, oh, what? the naked now. <laughs> well, well and on top of that, that was the I mean- first episode? That was no. the first. No, no, no. First no that episode. cannot have been the first no, episode. No, it was the first season. It wasn't the first episode. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure that is the first or second episode. It is not. Come the on. first episode is with Q. Yeah. Is yeah. The first, uh, first episode is Beyond Farpoint. Yes. Yeah. Yes, that's it. Although, okay, on on the first season of Next Generation, Tasha Yar annoyed me. Yeah, me too. I didn't get the big. I, no, a lot of people loved her, but I I was actually fine when she left the show. I was like, you know what? She's dead. This is fine. This is just <laughs> fine. She she does ten times the job as Empress Sela that she ever did as Tasha Yar. I could see that. Yeah. I have I had a I I mean, I thought her backstory was interesting, but instead of making her a strong a stronger person or even a coping victim, they made her it, it came across as, as too whiny. And I'm, I don't want to in any way victim blame. You know, everyone, tr- you know, processes rape gangs differently. Um, but it, I thought that they made that too trivial and too trite in her background rather than making it a touchstone for understanding her as a character on a deeper level. I think Ro Laren was a better implementation of that sort of concept as a character. I can see that. I also think, I honest, there's an episode where they deal with her sister, mm. with Tasha Yar's sister. Yeah. I think that her sister, it, it makes more sense with her and and seems more real. Yeah. Oh, God, I just remember that episode where they all turn into children. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and Picard's so pissed because he hates he's children. So, you want to know something, though? My dad, as a kid... Looked just like that kid who played Picard. Really? Yeah, no, it's it's amazing. I'm just like, oh my god, it's oh now we know what that kid grew up to look like. But mm-hmm. God, that kid was so annoying. He, he was. Just, he had the whiniest. I though in that episode, the the problem between Keiko and uh, Chief O'Brien in that episode <laughs> was really good. Yeah. Yeah. What are you gonna do? Well, Treat me like a that- kid? You are a kid. <laughs> I I always thought their interactions were some of the most realistic. Yeah, yeah. Particularly the wedding. Yeah. Oh my god, and you have another great bromance with uh Dr. Bashir and uh and um oh god, what's his name? Chief. I, Chief, Chief. His first name O'Brien. is Chief. I don't even remember Chief his O'Brien. first name. <laughs> I don't remember. Chief. Miles. Shame Miles O'Brien. Miles, Miles O'Brien. Miles. Yeah. My he was He's got. He looks like a grown-up New Year's baby. <laughs> oh, I'm back. Are we talking about Shadow Scotty? No, Chief O'Brien. <laughs> we're talking. To, we're talking to <laughs> O'Brien. Yeah, no, that's who I meant. Yeah. O'Brien. Oh, no, he's great. He's great. Scotty. Shut up. He's fantastic. Oh, he's good in his own right. I'm just saying that he is their poor attempt to basically redo Scotty. That then, um, Christ, what's the actor's name? Uh, blah, blah, blah. He's in everything. Anything that needs an Irishman, he's in. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. He was in that uh, uh, he was in that movie Col- with uh um, Colm Sweeney? Yeah, Colm Sweeney. No, Meany. Meany. M E A N E Y. Yeah. Yeah. 
Like he, was he in that took movie that... as a disgruntled uh, radio technician, radio host. Yeah. <laughs> he basically took that like knockoff diet Scotty and turned it into his own character and actually made it much better in the process. He's a theater actor and he came out of some of the best um best theaters and and they in totally Dublin. underused him in Next Generation. Oh yeah. Like but they, what was his but job DS9, in Next Generation? But DS9 was like we're picking you up cuz you're amazing. Yep. Yeah. And then Worf came along. <laughs> it still it still worked. Yeah, man, he, he was, was wasted in Next Generation. All he did was stand around in a wee room in the bowels of the ship pressing a button. <laughs> <laughs> Just lonely, waiting for people to come by. Yeah. I'll transport you anywhere. Until his wedding, and then he suddenly was more of a character. But, yeah. So, and that yeah. was more for Data's benefit than it was for him. Yeah. Because, I mean, the whole the wedding ep- the was episode all about was called Data. Data's Day. Yeah. Which, I mean, like, no, I think it's it could Keiko's be pretty day. objectively called Keiko's Day. Yeah. Uh, and then um, Dax. Dax was Dax cool. Dax was great. Dax yeah. was awesome. Dax, I really like Dax a lot. Dax was a great character. Mm-hmm. I like how Dax kind of comes along with a built-in excuse for recasting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which Dax, worked well. Dax and I thought when they recast her, I thought, I thought it was actually great. I liked the completely different yeah. character. Yeah, it played really well and allowed them to explore, like, interacting with this character who is the same person while also simultaneously being someone completely else. Yeah, the yeah. wharf dynamic with that was yeah. great. It, I, thought, is, I thought them getting, it wasn't them getting in a relationship again after getting a new host, uh, like, illegal or something like that? It, it was taboo and they tried it and it just didn't work. Mm, so. that's, uh, I've forgotten it didn't work. That's sad. Um, no, it didn't work. <laughs> No, I, doesn't she end up with Bashir? Oh, God. Uh, I think I she ends up with cool. Bashir. By the way, that dude is so smoking hot, and he now plays bad guys in oh, everything yes. except for Game of Thrones, where he plays a partial cripple. Oh, I just looked up a picture of Ezri Dax. I forgot how just like... Ador- Isn't she adorable? She's adorable. She's like a little pixie. <laughs> she's adorable. Yeah, she's cute. Cutie pie. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Uh, it took a little while to get like to actually start using her properly in the show, but once yeah. they did... She really started shining. But that's I, I went through, um, there was a time oh. where my bo- mobility was uh, uh, limited because I'd had to have ankle surgery. And I went back and binge watched all of DS9 after having watched the whole thing within like the past two years. So I, I, it was really fresh in my mind. And I become a little stir crazy. And we went to a Panera and there was a girl who had like the cuff earring that linked to the to the uh the Bajoran earring yeah exactly and I I was getting my my drink and she was right next to it and I was like do you watch DS9 that's totally a Bajoran earring and she's like I have no idea what you're talking about oh. <laughs> but oh. I was so in that little world and I've been so shut off from society for so uh. long that I realized I had Star Trek on the brain I in fairness I would have done the exact same thing yeah. oh ouch yeah, it's alright. Uh, so we've Just been talking about uh, we've been talking about Star Trek for about uh, <laughs> four and a half say, fucking years. <laughs> I can keep talking about it <laughs> for about forty minutes. We've been hair. talking about Star Trek. <laughs> Oh yeah, like I could go on for a very long time. Do we? Do we? Okay, so just as a just as a quick vote, do we want to just keep talking about Star Trek, or do we want to talk about the other stuff here, uh, politics stuff? We can talk about other stuff, whatever you want. Yeah, let's go to the other stuff. It's turning into a bit of like let's just lord individual performances now. It's kind of just this is kind of turning more into an episode of Acceptable Vices than Friday Night Party. (laughs) Well, that's that's we need to revisit this. We will revisit this. Unacceptable mm. vices. Not next week. Next week we got Derek uh, doing a game, but uh, ne- the the three for, uh, three weeks hence. That's that. That we'll oh. get back to Star Trek. Um, also, I'm proposing if we do the Let's Play thing again, we should do one of uh, Star Trek Online. Mm. <gasps> that might be fun. Might be. Because uh, I will be perfectly happy to walk you guys along through and all of that business. Sounds like a good idea. Let's do that. All right I then. Want that. Uh, let's see here. Uh, all right. So um. We've got a, a little bit of political news that's happened, quite a bit, actually. Um, it seems to be just ramping up more and more. Um, first I wonder up, why. Yeah, I wonder why. Uh, first up, we have Gary Johnson being dumber than a doorknob uh, and not knowing What's what Aleppo, Aleppo is. Yes. Oh, it gets worse. Uh, there was also the time that he asked who... Um, <laughs> not, no, no, I'm... 
I mixed up on the name. Rosa Parks was the back of the bus one, yes? Yes. Yes. Yeah. It must be Harriet Tubman that he couldn't that he had no fucking clue who that was. Are you <laughs> kidding me? Oh yeah, because they were talking about putting her on a bill and he was like, Well, who's Harriet Tubman? Ooh. Are you are you kidding me? Nope. Nope. He had no fucking clue who that was. Hey, look, look Did he not go to elementary school? Because that's where I learned about her. <laughs> yeah, but you know, that was years ago. <laughs> I'm, I'm from it's a different the foundation country of all education that comes after it. Chair was from a different country. <laughs> no, sorry, well, but honestly, that's I, as an American, I assume that other people know my history most than better than most of my countrymen because uh, apparently they do. Yeah. Ah. Uh, Yay. Well, and it was also you know, but you also are in the news, and you actually—I mean, you read U.S. news for the most part, so you would run into <laughs> well, the fact yeah, that's that fair. <laughs> the U.S. is kind of my patch as well, so yeah. I do have to know some of these things. Yeah. Um, we but, also so can I can I can I step in to oh, defend oh, Gary Johnson a little bit? <laughs> this I gotta hear. <laughs> so. Now, as a libertarian, uh, not me as a libertarian, but as him being a libertarian, mm-hmm. they're like laser, usually laser focused on economic issues. And they don't really have a cohesive foreign policy. If you asked any <laughs> you given say. libertarian about their foreign policy stuff, they'd be like, I don't know, uh, just get everything away so that we can have the companies run everything, you know, and we can get rid of all the regulations. I mean, mm-hmm. they don't. They don't generally have a cohesive foreign policy. So for Gary Johnson not to be like really thinking about, um, you know, the different you know places that are having problems, uh, it's not surprising because the libertarians tend not to care about refugees. I mean, well, he he actually, um, I pulled up I pulled up some information on his foreign policy as you were speaking, and it looks like he believes it is. And I'm these some of these are quotes. It is important to have strong defense both at home and abroad, and that the military should remain the post the most potent force for good on earth. But believes that the greatest threat to national security at present is that we're quote bankrupt um and he would include a 43 percent cut to milit to the military's budget in the proposed balanced budget by concentrating on defense rather than offense now i think the 43 percent um just in getting rid of uh, offensive measures would i think you'd still be getting into defensive measures you'll also be cutting into um a lot of benefits for uh veterans and current Mm -hmm. servicemen well, that's where we're coming from because libertarians don't really believe in things like benefits and exactly. you know, <laughs> helping people with education like the GI Bill and all of that business. So you can guarantee that's where the cuts are coming from. It's going to be all of that back-end stuff. Yeah. See, I, I mean, think, not only I that, but the- I mean, not only that, but I think it's important to note that part of our defensive strategy is our projection of force and our, you know, incredible offensive capability. I think the the thing that made that quote become newsworthy is the way he reacted to the question instead of being like, (laughs) because like Trump gets asked like a million foreign policy questions a day and doesn't answer them. But he comes up with an answer that isn't like, what? What, It's a non-answer. He'll just change the subject. Yeah, I mean, he'll or he'll just blather on about like, well, my generals would tell me what to do about it. You know, the best generals. I don't know which generals, but they would be the greatest generals. Uh, <sighs> the best part was not even just the part where he's like, what's Aleppo? Yeah. But no, the best part was where he was looking at the other panelists beside the host, like just with this pure look of like, he's fucking with me, right, guys? Right? Right? Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm Rainbow reading, Dash? Who's Rainbow Dash? Why are you asking me this? I'm reading through this and it. I'm reading through the foreign policy section on this page for, for his policies. Um, and I got to tell you, it's terrifying. He likens uh, the U.S. getting involved in uh, the Russian uh, annexation of portions of the Ukraine. Um, he said that for the U.S. to get involved would be like, and this is a quote, would be like Russia getting involved in the affairs of Puerto Rico. Well, Puerto Rico has elected to become a, you know, a, a portion of the United States and remains as such under its own volition. The yeah, Ukraine- that's bad. Oh, my God. That is so... Oh. <laughs> Ukraine, I take back. That I is mean, not I mean, so much the case. <laughs> that is the worst example ever. 
Exactly. And there's some really, t- like he said, he also says that uh, the U.S. has not truly engaged in any diplomacy with Iran. Um, what? That's been Where the hell has he been? The Secretary of State for the past two decades. Like, seriously, <laughs> where the hell has he been? Like, yeah, exactly. It just, <laughs> there's I a mean, reason we're not at war with Iran right now. I wonder what that is. Could it be diplomacy? Uh, uh, I don't know, uh, Gary Johnson. Part of, you're the, part of the reason that I, I really want a, a democratic president um, is because I would eventually like to visit Iran, uh, as that is, as that is, and and this is in quite little terms, the land of my fathers. Uh, <laughs> I would like to go and and visit it, and the fact that only one candidate left standing is for you know bettering relationships with Iran and you know everywhere else is very disheartening to me Um, actually I don't think anybody none of the candidates have said they don't want any but like sort of negotiation they just some are more hardball than others in terms of their some are some are more willing to say yeah we'll bomb them we're you know we're we're foaming at the mouth to bomb them let's let's do that that's I believe Trump specifically said you know we're ready and raring, something along those lines. To <laughs> he had to be war. told three separate times why he can't just nuke people he doesn't like when he's yeah. president. Well, it's funny, and I'm, I'm reading over Johnson's page here on, on the foreign policy section, and it seems like he wants to get out of most incursion, yet wants to declare war on um, ISIS and believes that we need to, quote, continue to knock ISIS out. I think we... Uh... So for all his non-involvement, he wants to go into multiple countries because it does span multiple countries right now and get into ground war incursions. So uh, do you reckon Jared, uh, Jared, maybe, maybe Jared, he just, just doesn't a, know where ISIS is? Just, just, yes. a, just a quick second here from the comments uh, coming up the, during the live stream. Uh, a couple of things. Chris Midkiff says that I would not be surprised if Gary Johnson did not go to elementary school. And uh, Jared Banta <laughs> says, uh, Johnson's Aleppo thing apparently turned one of his friends into a Trump supporter. Oh. Wait, Trump? I- <laughs> it's kind of like shooting for the moon and landing in a septic tank. Well, hey, you got to look at it. You got to look at it on a political, like, look, if you're, if you're, you know, a liberal, right, and you want... Or if you're just a sane person, let's say you want <laughs> you want to convince as many Trump supporters to vote for Gary Johnson, and at the same time you want to you want to get anybody who's like voting Jill reasonable to vote for Clinton, yeah. like so that you maximize your chances. So the the thing is, is uh, there are a lot of people who are voting for Gary Johnson because he's not Trump, and they don't want to vote for Hillary Clinton, and they probably would never vote for Hillary Clinton, but they don't want to vote for Trump. So. I don't like spending a lot of time destroying Gary Johnson because it it doesn't it doesn't actually help the causes that I care about destroying Jill Stein, you know. <laughs> but going after Gary Johnson is only going to push some people towards Trump. Well, okay, yeah. On the positive, he is definitely the best candidate that the Libertarian Party had to offer. That's also very true. On the other I mean, hand, that's not saying get, much. <laughs> at least he didn't get naked on stage at the convention, as one of their other candidates did. They did do that. He did also. Well, that guy was that guy saying was trying to run you probably the... shouldn't sell heroin to children. <laughs> that was just a. Uh, uh, I mean, that's what happens when you you have right. alcohol at your convention. <laughs> Well, I mean, not quite as rowdy as any of the as the conventions were, but the uh, the NBC forums for the candidates recently was well, it was certainly something. Um, I think I think both candidates were uh, got off a little bit easy on uh, on questions. They were able to maneuver around questions uh, rather than actually answer them. Trump, of course more than uh more than secretary clinton but uh rather former secretary clinton but um yeah i think he could have yeah but he could have been a little bit more you know hardball with both candidates victor there is i mean the problem is is one person's policy is a complex like policy paper that you know that they've actually implemented and so she has to defend that what has been done and what she plans to do whereas i tuned in to that and 
got saw Trump pretty much say, my plans are secret. Well, no. <laughs> like, I don't want to give away my secret plans. Oh, well, is your secret plan, like, to go to the generals and get their plan? He's like, well, if they, if their plans are better than mine. <laughs> like, and then they were like, oh, well, you don't seem to know a lot about foreign policy. And he was like, it's like, what have you done to get better at it? He's like, well, my kids know a lot. Well, that's great. I'm and I'm like, to, oh. I'm glad uh, the country's yeah, going to be a, electing That's a brain trust right there. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying his like all of his kids are stupid. It's just you know, I would expect them to have at least said, "Well, you know, I've been reviewing some papers, listening to some hold experts." Up. Hold up, hold up. One of them, who is a Jewish convert, didn't even know some of the basic tenets of Judaism, <laughs> and had misinformation about the Holocaust. The other one, one of the boys, <gasps> oh. frequents. Ku Klux Klan social media outlets. The last one has been as much of an economic failure, if not more of one, than his father. No, I'm sorry. I'm going to call them stupid. They're stupid and possibly evil. I look at them and I see children who belong in American Psycho. They are as close to the rich sociopathic crazy terrifying family that you see in fiction that they are that i cannot believe it. they are stupid and they are evil and they are powerful and that is terrifying to me and, and there's I'm the not promotion and, and there's the promotional excerpt that. for this video for this <laughs> for this episode uh sorry um, no 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 please we we, hey, we love I would you argue, for it i would argue that most of the practitioners of most of the religions in the United States, probably can't tell you most of their most important tenets. Uh, Chris Midkiff says, huge swarm of bees, 2016. <laughs> you know what? Clinton, 2016. You know yeah. why? Because I'm fucking sane. Yeah. Yeah, the more this stuff goes on, the more we become an elitist who wants experts, you know, running things and oh doing things God. instead of like I populist have... people who just say what they people want to hear. Or you can have populist experts like, I don't know, Elizabeth Warren. The conversations. Part of the part of the problem is that, and we've 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 done this dance before, is mm. that experts are no that that the word expert doesn't really mean anything to most people anymore, and that's a problem. Well, and even with that, as as pointed out on Adam Ruins Everything, which is one of my favorite TV shows, is yes, listen to experts exactly, listen to experts, but also verify what they're saying because right. just because someone, oh, is, yeah, because technically Doctor Oz is an expert, yeah, but he's also a shyster and a snake oil salesman. Well, he has <laughs> he has a medical degree. Speaking of Doctor Oz, also a chest cutter. <laughs> yeah, he's he's not a GP. He's a chest cutter. He's got a specialty. Yeah. You don't true. want to go to him for that sort of stuff. Yeah, but at the same time, you could have a you could have a podiatrist, and they're they're freaking surgeons. I mean, they'll know more about anesthesia and other aspects of the body because they have to perform surgery. So mm-hmm. just because they're a specialist does not discount their medical knowledge. Yeah, but see, I it's kind of like if you're in that field doing that stuff. Like, then I probably will take your word on it. But if you're outside of your field or hosting a talk show, <laughs> like, I'm going to be more suspect of yeah. your opinion on that stuff. Because I get like, th- my dad does this all the time. He forwards me an email and he says, my doctor friend sent me this and he went to, you know, medical school and he did this. And I'm like, well, you just sent me a political email that I, de- I like fact checked in five seconds on Google. So clearly... He doesn't really know how to use A, the internet, or B, look at facts and critically think about them. It's, rather, the, it's not, it's not the, I, I believe it's not the lack of knowledge, but the lack of will. I think that's, I think that's a, a, a more. And even so they're all sleep deprived. Well, it's doing also, their work. <laughs> you can, you can be incredibly knowledgeable in your one field. Oh yeah. That doesn't right. mean that you're knowledgeable or even using basic reason in other aspects of your life. Yeah. Yeah, look, That's at, uh, look at Ray Kurzweil, man. The dude's a genius of computer science and he swallows 200 vitamin pills a day because he reckons it's going to make him fucking live forever. Yeah. <laughs> when when people say trust the experts, they're not saying trust an expert in foreign policy in health. Exactly. Like, you know, they're they're saying like at least you should at least hear out somebody who has an expertise on the subject that you are discussing. And, exactly. And it's consider a weird opinion. their opinion. Yeah. Like my yeah. dad just did. I mean, people in this like don't trust intellectual movement. They don't Ugh. even like consider the background. Like my my aunt 
like okay here's a big uh, my, my aunt-in-law is a a 30-year navy veteran rear admiral worked in the as the director of the security room uh in the situation uh, room the situation room yeah sorry in uh the bush administration and her opinion is disregarded <laughs> like offhand by like my parents and i'm like on terror on national security which she has a phd in uh jared the anti-intellectual jared banta says (coughs) ben carson (laughs) the anti-intellectual movement in our nation i mean has is been long-standing and it's Mm. weird friday night party line is a frost works i think the first real crisis over that in this election i think it's been coming for a long time i think it's been moving and moving forward more and more um, but I think we're just now seeing the true economic and political fallout from that yeah. social movement that's that's taken root since I would say the mid to late sixties. Odious Trump. I mean, and it doesn't. I mean, it doesn't help the Democratic Party the fact that I, I don't know what it is. I mean, Hillary Clinton is such an intelligent, calculating individual. She knows what she's doing and she performs her jobs very well. But by God, she's made some rather poor decisions recently. Not that I disagree with her calling, you know, half of Trump's supporters a basket of deplorables. But I, I, I don't think it was perhaps the smartest move on her part. Well, however, however accurate it may be. That, that came about from um, an engagement for uh, youth voters. Yeah. And in in allowing them to help come up with a name for them, there was there was a whole list, and she chose the most reasonable of the list, believe it or not. <laughs> and uh, and so I, honestly, I don't think that was necessarily a bad move. It was engaging young voters. So well, I mean, we may not say yes. that stupid, but it's Engage- not going to change how we're going to vote. Well, maybe maybe not. Uh, today on um, today on uh, what was it? Uh, to the point. Uh, there was a discussion about the. I'm sorry, not to the point uh, on left, right, and center on uh, on NPR. There was the the point was brought up that yeah, okay, for it's not going to dissuade people who are already voting for Hillary Clinton. But the problem is, is that what you have are these uh, primarily white voters who, while they them while them themselves may not be racist or bigots or, or sexist or, or any of that sort of thing, they may not particularly appreciate you know their uncles or their aunts or their relatives being called racist bigots you know sexist things like that which i'm uh, sorry if if my if my uncle's a bigot my uncle's a bigot and i would say it to his face and i think anyone who has a problem with a bigot being called a bigot whether they're related to you or not has a bigger issue that they need to deal with all right Vic, i got a question for you what was the second half of the sentence you've been quoting extensively yeah that's the important part yeah and see that's i mean that's the fundamental flaw right yeah, that's well. That's the fundamental yeah. flaw of the no. statement. Is yeah. she says that first part, and then that's and the, the second part. part. Yeah, and that's all they play, and they don't play the second part. Ooh, right. Like it literally cuts her off in mid sentence because the second half is like, but most of them, are, but many of them aren't. The other yeah. half are the people we have to treat with kindness and not fucking insult them and carry on like that because exactly. you know they're fundamentally good people who've been fooled. Yeah, exactly. And they don't want to play that. But the, I mean, <laughs> because that's not the that's not the part of the statement that has the sizzle to it. Yeah, of course. Which is ultimately, this is this is not like the 47 percent comment that Romney said or anything like that, because yeah. a she invited the reporters to this. She knew what she mm-hmm. was saying. She mm-hmm. just gave a speech on the alt right like a few weeks before. Mm-hmm. I mean, you all th- this election is going to be one on turnout. And if the liberals are going to like sit home and be stupid or like split their vote multiple ways, they're going to lose. So what she needs to do is make it so the stakes are high enough that they will vote for. You know, I was arguing for like, I don't know, like a bajillion comments with somebody who was like, (laughs) oh, you can't. You got a two party system. We got to believe it, blah, blah, blah. And then like like 18, like 30 comments down. He's like, I might have to vote for her in the end. But blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, well, I don't need to talk to you anymore because I know what you're going to do now. You're going to look at the like Pennsylvania, which is where you live. See, it's really close and decide to vote for Clinton because you don't want to lose everything. And even though you're arguing against my point, you're going to behave the way I'm saying that you should behave that you're arguing against. So I don't care about you anymore. <laughs> it's like right. you need to get as many people to think to, you know, to at least say, like, if it's close, they'll vote for the person 
who has the best chance of winning that will, you know, have their opinions mm. and will be okay. It'll be tense, but it'll work out in the end. One last Honestly, thing, and I then we're going to... The, uh, the media is doing a piss-poor job of the election, and this is just one big example of it that makes it a, that's very easy to point to, but the media, and I'm including myself in that, we as a group really need to fucking pull our socks up. We are fucking it up real bad, and we need to stop fucking it up real bad. Yeah, I mean, the, the very last... Uh, I was just saying the one last thing, and, and then we're going to close it out, but on, on the, the media perception, because a big part of the, the basket of deplorables thing was the fact that media would keep on repeating that one bit the media has been playing into the tactics of the trump campaign pretty you know if well, because not the willingly, liberal media if, is a myth if not the liberal yeah, media, the media is a myth yeah, liberal media is a myth but the, if if not easily they've been playing into it then they have they have been cocking it up i mean give to give today for example i mean it's just it, it was well, actually just today today's a moment where they actually Kind of called out the bullshit. No, finally. no, no, no. At the end, they called out. Once they, once everything was said and done, they called out the bullshit. But they just pied pipered their way right into oh, yeah. that whole scenario. But I mean, that's only going to happen so many more times. Well, I say that I, you say I that, hope, but come on. I, I hope that it will be that way. <laughs> and and to to build upon what Cherba said, and and to partially negate it, I, I don't think. I think even if you you theoretically had a candidate saying everything perfectly and doing everything perfectly. And the liberals, you know, as you say, pulling their socks, right. Socks up and getting it right. Um, I still think you'd have the media taking like they did in that previous statement, splicing uh, a sentence in half and spinning it the way that they want to spin it. And we have a, you know, a very conservative, you know, mass media in our country, you know, in the in the United States, and it's extended into most English speaking nations, thanks to mega corporations who are held, who hold big, big business interests, and therefore back Republicans frequently or conservative movements, so called conservative movements uh, throughout the world. I honestly don't think there is the possibility for even a, a on paper perfect candidate um to have a perfect campaign anymore i think it will be intentionally uh lambasted mm. well one of the big shakeups in the media industry recently was roger ailes being you know basically kicked out of the fox empire um, thank god yeah yeah and we, we, I mean, we just i mean this is the point where we're going to see whether or not um uh murdoch's kids are gonna be any better um or are they I, and i don't think they're gonna do this or are they going to continue shifting the 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 point of Fox News on the political spectrum further and further right to reflect the audience that they seem to be losing due to Trump's, you know, activism of sorts? Um, well, at the same time, Trump is, is looking to make his own, uh, it's been rumored, to yeah. make his own media, uh, you know, outlet yeah. a la Fox News Which and take yeah. some of their viewers. I don't know about in general, but with Murdoch specifically, I can def I can say that uh, I don't think they will, because yeah. Murdoch, Murdoch hasn't so much been strictly right wing. He's always been very much uh, he'll go either way, depending on whichever one will benefit him the most. He he's been the Koch brothers pretty much of the media, <laughs> and and that is he he is all for big business and screw everything else. And, and and all he, for his business and screw everything else. And unfortunately, that 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 has in the past, you know, forty years been primarily the conservative parties throughout the world who make that happen. And he also supported one of the more liberal candidates we've had. Uh, well, liberal in the terms of left wing, not uh, actual liberal candidate. Long story. Uh, liberal party down here, right wing. But anyway. He supported one of the most left-wing candidates we've had for oh, easily 20, 30 years. What were Just, their business uh, stances, though? What were the business stances and the tax, the tax policies that uh, they were pushing? Tax was increased slightly, mostly on the rich, and introducing a thing called the carbon tax, where basically they were putting a tax on large business for producing large, amount of, large amounts of environmental pollutants. But uh, so, you know, a lot of big business was not happy with that. But Murdoch was like, fuck it. Yeah, let's go. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't produce any carbon except from my rotting corpse. <laughs> <laughs>
This, uh, yeah, no, like he's. I'm not sure he will take it more right wing because the more right wing he goes, the smaller a segment of the US population he will be playing to. And that's where he's playing to. It's always his bottom line. Yeah. I mean, Fox so if News, it means even Fox narrowing News has his been audience taking, too much, he's yeah. not going to go there. I mean, Fox News has been taking pot shots at, at Trump. I mean, about as much, uh, not as much as everyone else, but they've been they've been going after Trump. They've been fact checking him live on screen. They did during one of the debates. So I don't know. I guess we'll have to see where it goes. All right. Well, everyone, thank you very much uh, for this fantastic uh, episode. A very lively discussion on both topics. <laughs> Star Trek forever. Kate, Kate always brings the energy. <laughs> Kate, Kate is a wonderful little ball of sunshine in, in a panel of regular curmudgeons. Um, that will leave you with skin cancer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Australian. Uh, I'm immune to skin cancer. Uh, yeah, I mean, you guys, is I, I guess everything looks weird down there. There's a giant hole in your ozone uh, over there. I live on the surface of the sun. <laughs> <laughs> and it's going to be summer for you soon, huh? Yeah, coming up. starting to warm up. Yeah. Ah, but uh, but thank you to uh, Skojo, uh, Kate, and Trubba for a wonderful episode of Friday Night Party Line. And you guys will hear from us next week on Acceptable Vices, where we play uh, Derek's new game, which is called... Uh, <laughs> I can go seek with pop filters. <laughs> yeah, uh, it is called uh, Frontiers. Um, and uh, we're going to be doing a run-through of it, and uh, it's going to be fun. So, uh, good night, everyone. Good night. Bye. Line is a Frostworks production. To find out more about us and what we do, check us out at www.frostworks.com.